Hi, Fuad. This is Imama. I don't think I've ever met you. Oh, wait, that's true. I just no, assumed no. that you guys know each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Imama is your biggest fan. Trust me. Uh-uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't get. It. <laughs> How do you just put words in my mouth like no, that? Because you follow everything Zikoko does. It's true. Oh, that is true. Actually, I am. I am a fan still. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually put a lot of people on Sukoko now that I think about it. My friend always sends me like Thank the Naira you. life stories and I'm just like, I did uh, this for you. Now I don't need to flow my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, nice one, nice. Why Thanks. do you want to join the um, video? Or... Oh, wait. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, thank you. Okay, that's perfect. Hey! I reject it. Yesterday, one was like, Shimmy, there's no video. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> came to the right place. <laughs> A video is just hectic. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I what you mean. Like, office, office meetings, they're like, what, come on, video. I'm like, my camera has fault. No. <laughs> I actually do the same thing. I angle my camera really? from myself. They said we must put it on. They didn't say we must be in the frame. And you know, that's actually funny. Like, what I do is I just put a background. So I usually put, like, it just, like, a background, and I turn the camera on, but then I close my thing so you can only see the background ever. <laughs> so I'm actually not there. It's just only the background. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Hi, guys. It's your host, Matilda. And your host, Hadiza. And your other host, Imama. And you're listening to the African Lipso podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, and we have a very special returning guest on our episode. We have to. Hey, 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 hi, 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 hi. Amazing. Wow. So, do you think now is that like your side hustle? You know. <laughs> see, see. If I, I, I feel like my singing can actually like end whatever chaos is happening in the world because we're going to be like, you know what? Let's oh my God, we need it then. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Wait. 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 Pause. <laughs> drop something else after this with um that's how it was for now i think we're okay <laughs> see like like if it, it feels like it's like going back and i'm pitying myself too so it's like yeah i'm ruining my own ears oh. but, uh, <laughs> we didn't say it too it's not us. exactly I said it myself. don't worry don't worry i said it myself yeah so how how has your week been me yeah. Um, and quarantine actually we haven't spoken to you t- in so long so we want to yeah. know what has been how has life been <laughs> yeah basically. okay when, when last did we speak <laughs> okay we're, that's a great question it was like sometime <laughs> last year i've got this yes it was around q3 ah q3 quarters <laughs> That is such like that's such like a business thing to do. Like Q three. <laughs> so, like the, 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 my current dilemma is just this constant struggle of chasing quarterly targets. Uh, oh. So, like I'm I'm having conversations with my brother and I'm like in Q two. <laughs> that's how you know you're a grown up. That's actually yeah, how you okay. know you're a grown up and you have a serious job yeah. because. <laughs> 
Exactly. Because I can't lie, I'm not even sure when Q1 ends. Oh, we're four times. So, I mean, like, yeah, giant from my Can you hear me? Did everything scatter? No. Wait, no. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, yeah, I can hear you, but like, there's still an echo. But I mean, it's okay. Is it okay? No, I think it's okay. I've listened to a podcast where they had this. It's just the kind of stuff. It's the stuff that comes with... Um, like, even NPR has echoes now, so... It's true. Oh. If they have echoes, who are we? <laughs> Ooh, but one of the things you've done within the last year is... Jollof, Jollof Road! Road. Ah, <laughs> Oh my god, I, I feel like you guys should have made a jingle at the beginning of each video that was like, chill off, bro. That's you coming back. Next time, like, next time, I can make the jingle for you. They can still edit the videos and download Yeah, so like, I mean, there's still like a lot of jello food work. Yeah. That's, that's Honestly, yeah, if you people need a jingle maker, hello, I make jingles in my free time. <laughs> <laughs> so um like we're still looking like experimenting with things to just like make jello fruit not just like the content we made but like more like a a cultural effort in the sense that um say anybody wants to travel you just like your itinerary is just jello fruit right oh that would actually be fun yeah exactly so uh, i mean the blessing and the curse is that coronavirus hindered a lot of work, the pandemic and everything, stay at home, all of that. Yeah. Um, a lot of leg work that was important. But you know, I feel like it also gave me time to just think about stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I feel like we've been shouting Java Fruit and some people, I don't know. Do not know what it is. <laughs> some people might not know what it is. So if yeah. you want to hit us off and let us Yeah, it's fine. What, yeah. Okay, so Java Fruit was basically this random, um, ridiculous thing. So, in 2017, this is me doing missionary journey again. <laughs> when, when I came back from Pulse 36, the very first thing I did was I just opened Google Maps and I just made like an itinerary, a clockwise itinerary of West Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And I just kept it. So, last year, I told my boss that, look, I'm carrying two people in this office. <laughs> from this office I'm putting them on the road I need to find money to keep us on that road energy right? I love <laughs> <laughs> energy I mean I had show walking um, so I, I just went to Tokyo and I was like Tokyo do you want to travel around West Africa and she's like sure <laughs> like, that was, I, I thought I, I told her that in 2018 I told her that in 2018 and she's like yeah sure and there's other guy Kyle the weird thing about it was Kyle was not supposed to travel someone else was supposed to travel his name is Ayola and Ayala had to travel to Asia for like a tech about tech about Ayala publication. I had to travel to Asia for a tech about thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. you cannot travel to Asia. And I'm not telling another video person to sit down at home because you understand. So it's like let's spread. Oh, true. Person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like everybody in your office yeah, and... is catching flight. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> And so yeah, um, jollof food was basically okay. Yes, we know that jollof rice is consistent across West Africa. Pretty much every West African country has a version of jollof rice or chip. And we're like, okay, yes, if this particular meal can travel across West Africa, clearly something triggered it. So the question is, what else traveled across West Africa, right? So um, the entire trip was just picking the bits and pieces across the region. And what you quickly realize is that West Africa is in fact a country. Ooh. Um, mm, interesting. It's in, 
Yeah, it's in fact a country. Um, I remember meeting the Sultan of Sokoto when we when we entered Nigeria, yeah. and he said that um, Nigeria is a geographical expression, but his identity transcends Nigeria, right? Because that is, the throne he put that on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the throne he's sitting on is like the empire, like at the height of the empire. There were evidences of the Sokoto Empire in as far as Guinea. We found Fulani people, Fulani people across the entire West Africa. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And I forget this chef. We met this chef in Ghana. She's she's half Guinean, half Ghanaian. Half full ag half Guinean side is yeah, yes. Guinea. I didn't know yeah. that's what they were called. Ha- I, I don't know what you call them, but yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So so for, on, on one side she's actually Fulani, right? It's in Nigeria called Fulani because of accent. I think it's Yoba accent. Fulani, Fulani. Wow. But they're actually Fulani. <laughs> Fulani. I think Yoba Hausa accent. Yes. So it's actually Fulani. And like you walk up to a person and you just see this person and it just it just feels like this person is from Ondo states and they just they just start telling you where your passport because they're Liberian and they've never seen Nigeria in their lives, right? Yeah. And a lot a lot of the the context we had was that when you think about it, it's like the new world as we know it today was built off the back of ridiculously cheap West African labor because a lot of the transatlantic slavery was from West Africa. And when you think about the fact that that slave labor built America, right? And America built the new world because America basically figured out the model of democracy that worked or that has worked so far, right? And public health and technology has scaled that across the world. Yeah. So yeah, when you start to when you start to connect everything, it feels it feels very interesting. You realize that a lot of the deep South American diets is actually West African diets that traveled with slaves. Jonathan, no, that, yeah. that actually traveled with slaves because people that had slaves did not cook. They just put the slaves in the kitchen. They don't cook, mm. right? Um, so <laughs> I heard we shall poison them. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's it's. I think it's very very interesting. And like I said, there's still a lot of work to be done. What we just tried to do was just attempt to create some form of curiosity around the region itself, because in the big scheme of things, West Africa has significantly influenced the world in more ways than many other regions across Africa. Like they've influenced ah, like the order of the world. Whoa. No, it's not, it's not. It's actually it's actually not a fight, right? It's yeah. like it's very. <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's very interesting how it is because like West Africans did not change the world in the most ideal conditions. Yeah. They were dying, right? <laughs> they were dying and getting snatched from their families and friends and all of that. And when you think about it, even today. A lot of those things still exist. So it's like, for me, this was like a culture trip, trying to understand how culture has traveled across West Africa and all of that. Um, so yeah, for example, we know that the westernmost West African country is Senegal, and that's like the best place of jello fries, right? Is it? Oh, really? Like best place, not best place. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. That, so that that's that's a jello fries of bone, like sent yeah. me, and it was actually by accident because I think the main meal used to be this is barley and stuff, 
but there was there was a scarcity of barley and rice was an available alternative. I think the interesting thing was that there's one account, I don't necessarily believe it, but there's one account <laughs> that says that um, just around the time of the barley scarcity, barley or sorghum, I can't remember, one of those grains, I can't yeah. remember that right now. Um, just around the time of the scarcity, shipment was arriving from another French colony. The other French colony was in Southeast Asia, Vietnam. And if you know anything about Vietnam, it is rice, right? So True. That rice showed up, and she's like, oh, yeah, she just penned them by, that's the name of the woman, penned them by, um, and she just experimented and poured everything together, and Jello Fries was, it slapped, and Jello Fries was, <laughs> severely. Do you understand? So, so um, yeah, and like I said, what we just did was, because we're traveling across all these countries, we're spending like one week, two weeks in each country. Like, it's enough time to get the sense of the vibe, but not enough time to, like, deeply understand the zeitgeist and the things that have shaped those places, right? So it's like, mm. it's, it's almost the same thing with the Nigeria trip for me. Um, I was traveling so quickly. I mean, just 80 days, but 36 states in 80 days is quite quick when you think about it. Mm-hmm. This was also um, 80 days as well, right? Jalof Road was also 80 yes. days. What do you yes, have with 80 days? So, so see, it was just, <laughs> it was just one fluke that stuck. Okay. Is, no, no, see, let me tell you the truth. Post that six was supposed to be 72 days, mm-hmm. right? But we had some of them, and we're like, yeah, let's just listen. Let's yeah. just it. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yes, there's a book called Around the World in 80 Days. Ah, okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, that makes exactly. sense. Ex- exactly. So it's like, oh, yeah, let's just stick to the agenda. Let's agenda agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, so I think that was joyful for the most part. So I was running into all kinds of people. Like, yeah. I was in I was in Kaulak. Kaulak is a small town. It's not a small town anymore. It's a small town in Senegal. I ran into Nigerians. Um, because they, Nigeria, first of all, Nigerians are everywhere. Nigerians are everywhere. God of mercy. Actually, I have a question I, about I, that. Almost, yes. The Nigerians are everywhere. Are they like of a specific tribe or are they just like Yoruba, Igbo, like ethnic? Like, because it's like, I always had this idea that it was like Igbo people that were everywhere. But I don't know how true that is. Let me break it down for you first. I, it, it mostly depends on the sectors where you find them. I think the first wave of Nigerian immigrants, a lot of them were Igbo mm-hmm. um, because of the civil war, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of them were students who just said, you know what, I'm just going to stick with these accents. Um, <laughs> then in countries like China, you find a lot of Igbo yeah, because China is... <laughs> Like China, China is like super important for like global trade, mm-hmm. and so again, I'm just digressing. This is why we need to unpack the Nigerian civil war. Like the, the the like the tragedy and the catastrophe of the Nigerian civil war. It completely. First of all, Igbo were already very resourceful, right? It took it took about thirty years to close the literacy gap between Igbo people and Yoruba people before the civil war. Now because of um, the whole 20, 20 pounds policy where every evil person rich or poor got 20 pounds after the war, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There, wa- there was already some stigma around just being evil. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It was post-war. Like, many Nigerians, many other Nigerians looked at evil people as defeated people, right? Mm-hmm. What I meant was that there weren't enough opportunities for them. And if you don't find opportunities at home, what do you do? Go away! <laughs> 
exactly. And suddenly it starts to make sense to you. And it took one of my friends was gonna explain this to me, Ruby. It starts to make sense to you why Igbo people dominate the import and export business. Because if you cannot find business opportunity at home, yeah. you find it outside. True. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? So, mm-hmm. and like across West Africa, we were in Sierra Leone, and this is again why West Africa feels like a country, besides the ECOWAS passports that everybody uses. <laughs> we're in Sierra Leone. No questions about that. Yeah, yeah, we're in Sierra Leone, and we're passing this place where they were selling spare parts, right? And next thing, someone just said, ah, Nigeria, I just knew it was people. <laughs> I see what is what he said spare parts. I just knew my people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was Igbo. There's a place in Abidjan called Biafran Quarters. Oh wow. And, you know, so it's weird that why is it called Biafran Quarters? But you realize that Ojuku went into exile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Cote d'Ivoire. Really, I don't know why I thought it was yes. Liberia all this while. No, it was Cote d'Ivoire. It was Cote d'Ivoire. Um it was Cote d'Ivoire because um um the French France was trying to position Côte d'Ivoire as the francophone country that would lead the charge to kind of weaken England's influence in yeah. West Africa. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So Côte d'Ivoire was the shining... Do you see, look, it's, it's some interesting politics. Yeah. Um, One day we'll have that conversation about the, the war and like yeah, how it's a, it's, it's a, I, I don't think Nigeria, I don't think Nigeria can like move forward yeah, but, oh, okay, without it. it okay yeah i don't think we can't yeah there's too much to like unpack yeah it is it is a lot it's a lot actually and there are like all kinds of stories wait quick question yeah. about the so, ECOWAS thing though because like yeah you know we talk about you know ECOWAS free movements between borders but i mean even from Jollof road we were able to see that you had to bribe to get into different <laughs> like countries and like i mean uh, my yes. mom is from togo so like we usually we've done it yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've done road trips like we go from you know Ni- Nigeria, Benin Republic, and like everything in between to go to Togo, yeah. and we have to pay. Like, in fact, my mom spoke small um Eve to them, and they let us. You know, they put you know, yeah, they, they give us a little bit of a, a discount. Ah. Discount. <laughs> yeah. If, so yeah, so why do yeah, you have listen. to pay, and how is that? How does that work? We echo us so, and that. Um, people are pay at the border for two reasons. They pay because yes, normal dues. It's like a toll. Think of it like a toll, right? Um, Wait, so it's legal? Um, yes, yeah, legal. There are some that are legal, right? Oh, okay. But there are some payments at the border that people pay to buy time. If there's huh? anything that yes, if there's anything Nigerian forces have taught West Africans is how to monetize time. Okay. So. When you're at the border and you have 10 more hours to go, right? And someone is trying to waste your time. You're a stranger in this country. What do you do? Buy oh, time. Oh, you buy time. Right? They intentionally waste your time. They intentionally waste your time in some cases. Do you understand? Oh. I remember when we... Yes. Like wait, wait, wait. I still don't understand. Like, you pay them to fast track it. Like, do you get what I mean? Oh, okay. Because that makes no, sense. we actually... Stayed at the border, like Some, yes. Wait, but why do you have to? I, I guess my question is, why do you even have to stay at the border? Like, why can't you just cross? Oh, what do you think this is? Uh, of course. <laughs> like, so they, they have, they have, <laughs> so they have to do the usual checks, yeah. right? I remember when we were entering Gambia from Guinea um, Bissau. Gambia's check, the check between Gambia and Guinea Bissau is quite thorough. Why is it thorough? Like it feels like um, Gambians are doing one kind, but then you realize that. 
Guinea-Bissau, Guinea-Bissau is is pretty much a narco state, <laughs> right? You know what oh. the narco state is, right? No. So a narco state is. <laughs> so a narco like... state is like Colombia was a narco state to an extent, I think. So yeah, I was going to say, I think so. Is a state where cocaine di- dictates the politics. Do you understand? So when, state? yes. So when when um, when. So we did not have enough time to dig too deep into it. And it was just ridiculously risky to just do it with a very giant, ubiquitous boss. So you yeah. ask, can I find coke? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's oh, a, my God. There's, there's, there's a cocaine problem in um, Guinea. And the reason why it happened is that in the 80s and 90s, when the DEA started stressing um, the cocaine um, cartels in do you understand? They just looked for another corridor. And the next porous thing was West Africa. And it's why cocaine use in the 80s really, really spiked across West Africa. Oh, I didn't even know that. Like, I've slightly heard like, that. Like, I, I know people who, like, they didn't tell me, like, my dad has told me, like, like he has pointed them out to me that these people had cocaine problems. I said in the 80s because cocaine was now everywhere in the 80s. And there are people that argue that one of the reasons why Bari was overthrown was because he was executing people with drug problems. Um, cocaine, cocaine, yes, yes. No, not people with drug problems. People, or people actually moving or people drugs. enabling trafficking. Yes. Yeah. Um, here there was a there was a military there was a soldier that was executed because when you need to move drugs, you need you need firepower. Yeah. And yeah. So and coincidentally, coincidentally in Guinea Bissau. The military there is predominantly Ecomog forces, right? And Ecomog forces are predominantly Nigerian. Yeah. Oh. I am not, I am not making any conclusions about anything, but it's just an interesting thought. Do you mm. understand? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, exactly. So, like, it, so it's a lot of dots that connecting everything properly is actually a full-time job. But what the trip did was just <laughs> open our eyes to what was like what exists do you understand like i i know a way said a winner i know a way because i've been to togo and i've seen someone speak it yeah do you understand i feel like so you, i can also when ask i was him. watching the togo blogs i was like i feel like you now know more about togo than even i yeah okay is in lagos with sense so Lagos has the most privatized coastline in the entire West Africa. Yeah. Um, all the estates are along the coastline, Lekki, VI, and all of that. But across the rest of West Africa, it is like free for everybody. Like in Lume, the entire Lume is like along the beach, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, you that's just so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and like you just walk, you just walk to the beach, you just walk to the water. Nobody disturbs you. Do you understand? But in Nigeria, someone has fenced it, someone has put gates, someone is... Nigeria... They've learned to Think of the most toxic form of capitalism then bring yeah. it to Lagos. Because that is that is just Lagos. Um, so yeah, um, echo, echo, traveling across West Africa, varying levels of difficulty, bribes, but a lot of the time, what used to happen was, the moment you just say, oh, we are journalists, they're like, Oh, this bastard. Oh, so everybody should um, just say they are journalists. Where you yeah. oh. oh, wow. So they actually respect journalists like it, that. Though. Because people will make noise. Do you understand? Take, for example, because because you have a podcast, you have a medium already. Do you understand? Mm, okay. And you can weponize you can weaponize that medium at the border. Right. Imam, right. have you heard? Um, okay. Yeah, to be honest. 
the only the only country where we read our identity in quotes as journalists was when we're entering Guinea. So Guinea is the most Guinea and Guinea Bissau are the two most politically unstable countries in West, in West Africa. Africa. Yeah. Um but Guinea was especially interesting at the time because there were currently there were there were protests, right? So imagine there was a protest last week and journalists mm-hmm. are trying to enter the country this week. Do you understand? Yeah. So we just we just told them at the border that we are tourists. Oh, oh okay. Um, wait, wait, but like, how did you guys know that? So, did you guys have to constantly be researching about this com- these countries on the go? Because, how did yes. you know that? Yes, we had to constantly research. Another thing that we did was before we traveled, we tried to establish as much con- like contacts in many countries. Mm, that's what you oh, did with um, the connect as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And you just realize that you see people like people are so strange. The moment you tell them that you're a stranger, and that you need their help. They love you, like, bro. I swear, God of men. Do you know that when when Accra when Accra like this end, and someone just DM'd me and said, "I know you don't know me, and I'm a complete stranger." Oh, I saw that. It's <laughs> a party, right? And I'm inviting you. And we're like, hmm, is this the night we die? Let's <laughs> yes, find out. And we, and we got there. It was like it is top to one of our brightest moments on the road because god that night was lit oh that night was lit it was like a lot of nigerians so nice like meeting strangers and just vibing yes so that i think that's one of the best parts about traveling i think it's just the kindness of strangers i also like to acknowledge that i feel some sense of privilege because i'm a guy Hmm. Um, mm. I, I, I don't think it might that be that day. easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it, it might be that As a easy. lady. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. like, And I'll give you instances. So first of all, I, I, I didn't be making noise that I, I'm looking for any group or maybe two women that are willing to travel around Nigeria. And I, I don't mind planning like everything for them. Do you understand? Just so it's done. Because, because I, think, I think it also does helps. It helps the mindsets. When you know that, oh, this person traveled unaccompanied, this kind of thing. Oh, like if they did it, you can do it type then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because with the women, like the misogyny across West Africa is in varying degrees, right? Mm. Um, Oh my gosh, is it more in Nigeria than anywhere else? Nigeria is actually the worst. Ah, thank you. Actually, I knew it. Yes. After Nigeria is... Senegal. I love how you are you are you are rating the oppression of women. Um, after Senegal is Guinea. Yeah. I think that in many ways we couldn't even fully test that theory because we're almost always together. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's so wild that the times that Tosin or Toki had serious problems were just the times that. We're not together. I'll give you an example. In Dakar, Dakar is quite peaceful, right? We're out at the Renaissance starting. There's this giant starting in Dakar. And we're like, God, like, it's 10 p.m. And look at us outside. And this country, this country is so chill. This, uh, Toki was already tired. And she was on her way home. And while we were saying, oh, yeah, this country is beautiful, the driver who speaks French, who knows the country while she's a stranger, tried to harass her, right? And... Um, what was happening was what happened was that everybody had their locations turned on. So I turned on my location, I shared it to everybody else. So I was just looking at my phone, and when I just saw that old oh, Toki is back at our Airbnb, I called her. She didn't pick up. I said, "Oh yeah, maybe she's tired." I mean, she left because she was tired. 
But what actually happened was she was not picking up because she was in serious shock because of what happened. Do you understand? Like, the driver was, like, trying to group her and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, and that, like, first of all, he did that, first of all, because she's a woman. Because he will not group me, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, like, and, and even if he groups me, right, it's going to be a thing of both sides. It's like, oh, can this guy, can this guy beat me? Can this guy not beat me? Because in the end, it's not even like, I mean, we all, everybody understands that it's not even Konji that is the primary driver of abusers. It's just control. It's just power, right? Yeah. And he cannot, he cannot flex that power with me because I go brush him. Do you understand? So the second time it happened was a guy was speaking rudely to Tosin. She was a security guy man in the entrance. And while he was talking to her, I think when she was asking questions, he just showed that. Wow. I was so I was so pissed. So there were there were several oh yes, there was also the guy in Guinea Bissau, the drunk There's guy. Too many Bissau, things going That was the day we almost actually went violent. <sighs> yes. Yes. So um um it was this receptionist it was the guy, he just started the shift and he was completely drunk. And like how are you starting your shift drunk? Right. He just and started his shift and he was drunk. Okay, I kid you not. I guess work I ethic you. is not a so, thing around Africa, around West Africa. <laughs> I mean, like, so, so while when the boss were taking out bags and everything, Toki and Tosin, we we always did negotiations with them because everything we buy is they do to us. But Toki and Tosin, aside Tosin, can price something from one thousand dollars to fifty cents. <laughs> Tosin, Energy for real. <laughs> prices. Without conscience, I didn't even bother. What I do is I just point out, I just point out what I like, and Tosin just prices. And she takes over. Wow! I swear, God of mercy, Tosin and, and Toki, but Tosin now, and Tosin is what her, her mom sells stuff, so she has learned it from oh, yeah. watching yeah, customers. That makes sense. Do you understand? And then suddenly now she starts to negotiate big deals now. People are like, "Wow, she's such a prodigy." They don't know that she has been learning from where they're selling rice. Experience. Experience is key. <laughs> Do you understand? Exactly. So, that day, I actually almost smashed a button on the guy's head. This was my plan. So, Tosin was angry. Like, Tosin was... Tosin stood in front of him and was, like, yelling at him, right? And I was like, yes, Tosin, very good, very good. Thinking, bear in mind that we had just finished our most difficult stretch, right? What was the most difficult stretch? We left Konakri. From Konakri... We just kept driving to Guinea-Bissau, but we couldn't make it to Guinea-Bissau. We drove all day, kept being scared that before we finished. We got to Kumbia. Oh, Kumbia is this yeah. tiny town. I remember in, um, in, yeah. in Yeah. Kumbia is this tiny town in Guinea, right? And because there, there, there were no hotels, we got there really late. We didn't even know if we could find hotels. We just slept in the bus, right? Mm. And the next day, we spent the entire day again. Trying to get to Bissau, we like we ferried, we ferried. Oh yeah, that was the place across. that there was no road. Yes, yes. And then when we finally reached Bissau, where we were supposed to rest, hotel, and this one is being a nuisance. So I was just hoping, you know, this kind of thing where you just want the person to strike first, so that when they ask you that, why did you fight? I'll say, well, not a strike. Mm. <laughs> I know those ones. <laughs> so exactly. So the guy, he paid me. He paid like. I went back, it was a Sunday night, I went back to our hotel, we went to get, we got under hotel and I was thinking, I was like, God, why didn't this guy just... You had to release like, your anger on someone. Touch somebody. I think, <laughs> man, because what that happened was, I already picked up a Coke, right? Oh my gosh, you guys and drank a lot of Coke. I was getting yeah, worried. Because, <laughs> yeah, Coke gave us, Coke told us to be drinking Coke. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> say sponsorship. <laughs> oh we drank bastards. Yo, I was, I was drank. actually worried. Like every single, like two seconds, I was simply drinking. I said, oh. <laughs> uh, Cook told us to drink Coke. We drank Shiggy instead Cook. Ah, <laughs> uh, we drank it too. Ah, uh, see, like. Let me let me even confess. Like I never drank any fizzy drinks since like August 2018. Mm-hmm. So cook you break your fast. As long as the cook is I say ah ah. I like cook now. I can't. Drink it. <laughs> is it cook? I can drink it. <laughs> I drank shaky. Oh my I gosh, drank that shaky. moves me. Like that moves the conversation into how I know you guys got sick at some point, but I, that sickness yes. that you people showed did not really account for the sickness I would have expected you to. Exactly with the amount of food that was being eaten, Yo, like across to borders. To be honest, like I, I told them that everything, everything was start to fall apart in forty days, right? How? Um, and, <laughs> How and you know? I said between 30 and, 30 and between 30 and 40 days, everything always falls apart. And I know because when I was in post 36, it was around day 30 something that I ended up in, I ended up getting detained by the military. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. You professed. I was like, we're actually, we're actually pretty, we're, like they held us, like we're people, we're persons of interest. We're not under arrest, but we're persons of interest. They're trying to confirm if we're, Spies Param, yeah. or foreign spies, which I took as a compliment. If someone calls me a spy, I'm like, ah, I, <laughs> so I have that level of knowledge. Okay, uh-huh. okay, mado, 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 mado. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so we felt sick around day, four, day 39, day 14. So, Turkey was the first because her stomach she is the food connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> I know the interesting thing is that we know the exact food. That actually made her stomach Sick. go bad. Oh wow, that's cool. Because you never yeah, really yeah. know the exact food. So the fact that you could pinpoint it. Yeah, we 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 actually know, like, because um everybody almost always eats the same thing or from the same place, right? So if there's something only one person eats, it's not hard to tell. Oh, that's and, and only one person understand exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. What country so, was it? <laughs> This was when we entered Guinea. Guinea was just a completely... No, honestly, that Guinea, Guinea, Bissau country okay. is not looking like I'm yeah. going there anytime soon. <laughs> it's, it's looking very sketch. happens in Guinea. So, like... Exactly. Yeah, so... So, the interesting thing was... So, before I, before I catch malaria or any type of malaria, yeah, or one of those things, there's always that fever inside, like... Why are you asking people? Am I am I hot? Talk about is he hot? That's the way to start. <laughs> exactly. So I felt it where Tokyo was buying stuff. I remember because I told um Kyle and then the night I'm like Kyle, I think this AC is doing one kind, and my body can take AC, but my body cannot take this one, right? So the first thing I did, I just, I just took painkillers. I took paracetamol and everything. By this time, um, no, no. I felt it, but yeah, nothing happened. Then the next day, I just went about my day, nothing. After I took the painkillers, Toki could not go out because she was she stayed back at our like our lodge, and her stomach was hurting. And she was just toilets, that kind of stuff. Um, that night, the second night we spent in um, Guinea, there was this place, this um, something something favela. Is this is this steak like God? The steaks are so good, right? And is this Brazilian style of making steaks like? I was just eating. So the meat was really good, right? Everybody else that ate the meat had no problems. But I think it's because I already had... Malaria. Malaria loading. Do you understand? Yeah. I ate so much meat. 
And this, these people have this bloody style where once your plate is running out, they just come with another type. I want that. <gasps> oh, oh, I love that. They do that in Kenya too at uh, this place, Carnivore. Yeah, so great. Yeah, yes, Carnivore, yes. So yes, think of Hannibal. Upgrade your worry. travel game. Don't worry, after Corona is done, <laughs> we move, we move, we move. Okay, yeah. As I the way I as I go back to the lodge, I just told them that this is coming. The next day, while we we're looking for a hospital for Tokyo, I just started throwing up. So they just wow, hospital? <laughs> yeah, they went to the Yeah, we actually spent we spent a few hours at the hospital. And okay, that's not it true. was it was it was a very heartwarming experience, right? Because As far. <laughs> so we had to do Google Translate. Oh, I and I mean, keep in mind that keep in mind that Tosin speaks. Yeah, I was going to say I Tosin thought you had your translator Tosin. Yes, exactly. But guess what? She had to go back and um, do stuff, right? And while um, Tosin was not around, and two nurses approached talking and were like, they just started talking and. They were holding needles and talking. And talking like, uh, hey. <laughs> Wait, pause. Je suis sick. So, talking had to use Google Translate. They had to use Google Translate like, we want injection and to read in English. Okay. Mm. And then she would talk back. And so that, that was literally how we went that hospital while we were not around. But me, I was still doing strong hair. I was still forming. I know French. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that would be me. That is actually me. Yeah. To be honest, because, I mean, learning a language is just getting comfortable with difficulties. True. Like, it needs to be difficult. Yeah. So, exactly. Okay. Actually, speaking of language, like I know Tosin was you guys' French, I guess, French translator, but like I'm pretty sure there are other like local languages that were spoken. So even like probably broken French, like Creole. So I don't know if Creole, but like broken French and other local languages spoken. So how difficult was it in like certain parts of West Africa to conversate? Like, or was like, did the locals just all know French? Like, did they all just know that language or were they like actual times that you tried to communicate? And it was just tough because they spoke a different language. So there were times like that, right? But here's the interesting thing. Tosin studied French in Unilag, right? As part oh, of the requirements for graduating. For Unilag. You don't respect Nigerian <laughs> universities, is your problem, Matilda. Oh my gosh, no, no. Remember, um, remember um, our French teacher, right? In Nigeria. I remember, I remember. He went to Cotonou to learn French. And then I remember trying to speak French somewhere. And they were like, oh, all these Cotonou French that you've been taught. I was like, wow. <laughs> Actually rude. Exactly. You are actually correct because as part of the requirements to graduate when you study French in your life, you need to go and spend six months in Togo. So she lived in Togo for six months. For six months. So that's why her French was the French of West Africa. Mm-hmm. Like West Africans. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I remember I, I remember I remember at the beginning of the trip, right? Some of these rainbow people, I think the person was in Paris or something, said that oh this French is one kind. <laughs> And then, it's not their fault. Then, uh, do you understand? And um, when my boss at the office was like, "Oh, someone gave feedback about the French," I said, "I don't know about this person, though." But this person <laughs> that we, anywhere we go, once he opens our mouth, you literally see people's faces light up. Like, ah, thank God. Realization. We don't have to say. Do you understand? We, like, it does. It does light up because they know they don't have to say, "How are you?" You me. <laughs> 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 do you understand? So, yeah. so Tosin like really came to me. Only place where both Tosin 
just see you for that everybody wouldn't speak anything was Guinea Bissau. Because see that Guinea country, I'm not going. I've made up my mind from now. Right? <laughs> yes, Portuguese. Yeah, I was Brand. gonna ask that Ob- like as well. The only thing I learned is ob- obrigado. Obrigado. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Oh, obrigado. okay. I'm pretty sure. Obrigado. So, so, and, and what you quickly realize is that the biggest, the biggest advantage when you're traveling is language. Yeah. It's very interesting, but people say, oh, Google Translate. Google Translate helps you communicate, but it doesn't help you. Like, it doesn't give you, like, the actual experience. stories. Yeah. It helps mm. you pass across a minute. But, like, so, for example... Like, there's something like, missing. Um, yes. The best stories you hear, you hear them in small talk, right? Mm. Um, example of small talk is, while well, I'm in Cote d'Ivoire, I was trying to buy a plate. I was going to buy a plate for talking. So, I went to this small shop. It was in the night, right? And I was just with this guy. I was like, um, what? And then he says one long set down like eh, 30%, 30%. And this is like small English. You understand? Oh, yeah. And then mm. we had we ended up having my favorite conversation on YouTube. Yeah. Because in like five minutes, in like five minutes I found out he was from Senegal, but he studied he was studying physics in university, but he had to drop out because he didn't want to come to Abidjan, has a wife, has a kid. We we we, we did a little sparring with physics. Do you understand? Like, oh yeah, we're talking about pressure. Like in five wow. minutes, we talk of uh, this is me in middle of nowhere talking to an absolute stranger about buzz. I love conversations like that. Yeah. Exactly because like those are the conversations that make the difference for you on the trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. you understand? Not the Google and, Like those are the ones. Yes, those are the ones that you hold on to. Um, something happened when when I was traveling in twenty seventeen. I was in um, Daura, that Barney's town, and I saw this Kepe guy, and I'm like, um, I told him when I'm going, pack, um, Tasha Kassina, and he's like, enter, he said enter, and I'm like, Mesunanka, Mesunanka means how much, and he said, instead of him to reply me with just the amount, he just goes on this long sentence in Hausa, and I'm like, Bao Hausa, and you know this guy replies with, he said, then why didn't you just ask me in English? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you told that story the last time you came. Yes. It really stopped yes, and see, I love, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I like, like, those are not, the, like, when you leave your house in Lagos, those are not the stories that you, you go looking for. Personally, those are the kind of stories I'm interested in. Do you understand? Because, personally, I think all waterfalls are the same. Water is water. Rocks are rocks. Right? But it's like it's it's like actually people that make the place. So if you can't speak to people, right? So what what exactly are you doing there? And this, mm. this is just me. Oh, you're me. dropping some gems here. Yeah. Let me actually be taking notes. Seriously, okay. <laughs> One thing I'm taking notes because I feel like before you came on that last episode, episode 27, yeah. we were, we already had ginger to travel that time. But since Corona hit, yeah. like honestly, traveling hasn't been like really like the yeah. top of my yeah. mind. But now I'm just like, I'm we are it. taking this trip. We are. Okay? So it's like, we so, must. So it's, like, so it's it's it's. It's those very, very small stories that make you remember places, right? You realize that you go on vacation, you say someone goes to Maldives and they enjoy it, they have a nice time and everything. And something that just sticks out in Maldives for you is not even the temperature. It's like, it's just that really nice conversation. 
June yeah, like, yeah, no, I feel so, that. So it's like, exactly, so it's like, instead of making that a feature, why not make it the main event? So for me, hmm. it's the, like, the main event is those conversations. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's in Gambia, for example, it's understanding why it's such a big deal that black Gambians marry a lot of white women, right? Huh, why? Oh. Yeah. So, it's very interesting. Gambia is tourism capital in a sense of West Africa. By wow. tourism capital, I mean how, like when you think of the, the percent of the, of the GDP that comes from tourism, across West Africa is the most significant, except for Ghana did last year that disrupted uh, Gambia's streak. And why did it happen? Sometime in the 60s, um, a Swedish person brought about 300 other streets to Gambia for um, so they, they call it um, summer in December, right? Yeah. It's extremely cold in Scandinavian countries in December. So instead of staying in the cold, everybody just goes to Gambia because it is still summer in Gambia, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And their beaches is extremely hot. So everything in Gambia picks up in Q4. Like Q4. That. <laughs> Q4. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us exactly when in the year Q4 is. <laughs> okay. So Q4 is October, November, December. Ah, right? Okay, okay, okay. Holiday season, right? Holiday season. From mid-November, almost all rooms are booked. Hotel rooms. But they don't even use hotels per se in Gambia. They use um, like all these houses, like temporary stay. You have a two-bedroom mm, apartment. Like Airbnb. So two-bedroom apartments. Yes, exactly. But not in, I, it's so weird. I don't know why Airbnbs are not mainstream per se. But they, I can't remember again. Maybe there was already um, like yeah. existing businesses. <coughs> so Airbnb couldn't really penetrate that market. Yes. Maybe. So, yes, exactly. Like, but like, the thing about Airbnb is that it doesn't, like, um, the, the businesses in Gambia are decentralized. Okay. Right? It's mostly run by everyday individuals. So I feel like, I think Airbnb. What happened was that I think we did not find a place on Airbnb. Okay. Everything was booked. That was what happened. Like, Gambia is a place that you see white people shirtless and walking about. Old white people. Do you understand? Because it's like ridiculously cheap to holiday in Gambia. Ridiculously cheap. Really? Right. What's their currency, um, like, in comparison with Naira? Yeah, what's their cu- currency? Um, I think it's like, um, it's, um, it's a da- West Africa Dallas. test. <laughs> yeah, it's Dallas. I think it exchanges at eighty dollars to some, but it's it's more valuable than there. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I was I, I was hoping for hope. <laughs> so like even when you think about value on currency, like I don't think it's as straightforward as that. Yeah. Do you understand? Like just like because it's more valuable than there doesn't mean it is more ready like than economy is doing that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So for example, then. When women come on holiday, there are a lot of parties in Gambia. You meet the Gambian, you like him, and make a good marriage. And ah, marriage like from holiday. You understand? Yes. Like, all these holidays, you just stay, you don't stay back or you come back again the second time mm-hmm. and you fall in love again all over again. So now, one of the, the one in West Africa, across West Africa, one of the most dominant non Gambians in Gambia are Nigerians. Right, so hmm. you know, yeah, you know, always follow the opportunity. <laughs> like across across South Africa, in Sierra Leone, one of the biggest businesses run by Nigerian. Um, there's a cool story about how why Okadas are called Okadas, and the story is that in Sierra Leone, Okadas are called Okadas, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, why? Oh, is it the wow, thing about was... the um soldiers? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. No, you so, tell it. So, Thank you. And, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. In the, in the 90s, Sierra was at war. Um, Ekoma forces, mostly Nigerian soldiers, went to Sierra to establish order, right? And, of course, because many of them were staying there for a very long time, this, many of them started businesses, many of them married, and one of the easiest businesses to start in any West African country is Okada. That's why Okada puts on it, and transport, logistics. Logistics, fine, last mile logistics is one of the biggest opportunities in West Africa. And because they're coming from Nigeria, they call it Okada. So, because they started a business in Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. they started calling it Okada. And the cool story again is, why is Okada called Okada? Okada is called Okada because when we think about Okada, we think about going from point A to point B very fast, trying to be traffic, trying to do all that. And coincidentally, around the time Okada started, there used to be an airline. Oh, oh yeah, I heard of that. Okada Airlines, yeah. Really? So, yeah, so Okada Airlines. There needs to be so, yeah. a book for all these things. Yes. It's, 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 <laughs> so, here's what I'm doing, man. I have a whiteboard. I have this workspace in my house. I have a whiteboard there with just a list of stories that I have to write. Because when you think about everything as a book, it becomes cumbersome. So I'm not writing It's true, it. actually. Or even the podcast thing you were talking about. Yes. Seriously, exactly. why? You actually owe us a book because I real I remember. At <laughs> oh. the end of, yes. Oh. 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 Yes. I'm using it because at the end of last the last time you came on the podcast, we're like ah, shit, um, shit, he said, "Oh yeah, we're shit, waiting shit, for the shit. book. We waited. Oh, we waited. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, you know, I remember listening you know to that episode. What? I remember it. You know what? You know what? I'm going to tweet it so I put the public will hold me accountable. Right? I'll bookmark that tweet. Seriously, even yeah, us, we to, fell I'm short. On our side, because we said that we were going to be messaging you often to ask you where's our book, where's our book, and we are yeah, plenty of people messaging me. Mm. Yeah, plenty of messaging me. I kid you not. So here's what's going to happen in December, uh-huh. right? I'm going to hand over a, a draft okay. to a publisher by December. Like 31st of December. Ah, okay, specific. Six months. That's the first of December. Okay, got it. Noted. Okay. I'm, going hand, I'm going to hand over it to the publisher. Okay, and it's just going to be, yeah, so I don't know if it's a draft, but it's just going to be a lot of stories, stories. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because you, you just seem like you have a lot of stories in you that, like, yes, I just, I, I would love to see it come together in a book. Yes. It would be really nice. Yes. So the problem I have is that I have a lot of stories in me. I do not have the time to unpack them. I know, yeah. Yeah, life, right? There's, there's no just hire thing. somebody to like follow you around well, and just type true. as they go. Some people do that. Those no, I'm actually serious. It's that. a thing. Yeah, it's you hire somebody to follow you around. Or even compile your tweets. Yeah, so so it's like it's like most important most, most important thing to keep in mind is that by the thirty first of December I there's there's a draft that I owe and I'm going to submit it on the thirty first of December. Okay. Mm. okay. So I'm, I'm going to tweet it. Honestly, I'm 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 such a planner, so best believe I'm putting that in my calendar for real. <laughs> and, uh, everyone that's listening to this podcast as well, you guys have accountability. This is what happens when you put it out into the world. But it's exactly hold you accountable. It could go completely right or completely wrong. It depends. Oh, it's okay. We only do things. I mean, as long as it's done, it's already gone right. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> Positivity, think positivity. Exactly. 
But wait, I had one quick question about the food thing. Like when you guys got sick, because I I kept asking myself, like, did you guys take any shots before you went? Like polio, hepatitis, all those things. Like, oh yeah, like you know how you get that yellow card when you're traveling across Africa. Did you have to like? Well, I mean, when when I traveled to Kenya, did you have to take all those shots and actually like update your shots or stuff like that? Traveler's diarrhea, that's bro. So we had we had we had to we had to take shots before we traveled, right? Everybody had the normal vaccines and everything, and even when we got to Côte d'Ivoire, they had one more requirement. I can't remember what it was. Maybe meningitis or one of those weird things with the um, itis or something. I can't remember. (laughs) But they were like, we're not entering their country. (laughs) We're not entering their country until we get these shots. Do you understand? So, and also we had insurance. Oh, right. okay. um, oh. Travel insurance, so we're quite covered. That base was covered, so we didn't pay. We didn't pay a dime at the hospital in Guinea. What just happened was we, because urgency and everything, we paid. Then we got refunded. Oh, that's nice. Do you understand? So I guess travel yeah. insurance. So you'd say like travel insurance is definitely important if you're trying to do a trip like yeah, this. Pretty much, just for safety, like as a safety measure. I mean, when I was in Nigeria, when I didn't do any travel insurance or anything. Well, there was life insurance. It's like going on just vibes. There was actually life insurance. It was a very interesting thing. An interesting thing was that at the time, the company was trying to activate insurance for the... Um, HR was trying to implement group life insurance for the entire company, right? But management was like, ah, yeah, we want to do it. We care about these people, but... We are actually no, super strapped right now. No, no, like actually the company was I mean the company was not profitable at the time, you understand? So super strapped and everything. So she now used that period. She was not like he's not traveling until he gets insurance. So they had to do insurance. Oh, wow. Good. Okay. So that makes sense. Shout out to the HR. Yeah, shout out to HR. <laughs> yeah. Let's play a game about food. Okay. I, this is I, like I, I love food so much. <laughs> Me too. Food is my favorite thing in the world. Because you guys I, eat, like eat. it's the only drug. Oh, yeah, we, we chop, we chop. Ah, we chop. Honestly, I was actually so jealous because, like, I love food so much. Like, food makes me so happy. And when I was seeing you guys eat, like, so many different type of food, I was like, I really wish I was there. Like, this is my actual... You're calling in line. This is my ministry. (laughs) Food and sleep. Yes, that's my ministry. (laughs) Makes sense. Okay, so we're going to play a game where we're going to name the um, 16 countries in West Africa. I think they're 16. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but they didn't do all 16, right? I mean, we went to 14. 14, no, right? Yeah, because you didn't go to Niger, right? No, we didn't. We went to Niger. We didn't go to Cape Verde. Cape Verde, okay. Which other one? Mali? That, that Cape, Cape Verde uh, went to Mali. Went to Mali. So it's, the only ECOWAS country we didn't go was Cape Verde. The only West African country we didn't go was Mauritania. Mauritania is because in West Mauritania, Africa geographically. They but, withdrew in 2000, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, history majors. Uh-huh. Okay. No. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. I do this. Okay, so I'm going to go through the countries, and I want you guys, um, you actually, because we've we've not traveled. Uh, <laughs> yes, we haven't traveled yes, yet. Yes, yes, inventory. Yeah. So to name like one similar food they have to Nigeria, because I know you guys did a lot of those comparisons. Wait, that is not jollof rice. That is that not, is not rice. jollof rice. See, I kid you not. The entire West Africa eats the same thing. Really? Like. You don't even need to do any game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because, <What's> that? <laughs> because, like, in um, Benin Republic, they eat pounded yam. Right? Oh. 
But um, it kind of yeah. makes sense because Ben is right next to us, right? Yes. Oh, that's true. Yes. Wait, but do they call it Every, the same thing, or do they call it something different? I've forgotten what they call call it now, but it's like it's like yam in French. Oh, okay. So essentially, um, the same thing, different language. Yes, in Togo, it's almost the same thing. So the food was not exactly like diverse. It was more interesting takes on Nigerian food. The first place where we saw food that was not in Nigeria at all in any form was Gibi. Was oh that Gibi so South place. No no it's in Liberia. Liberia interesting Liberia is my favorite country on like Oh yeah you said Codivar you said Liberia. you changed it to No no I like no I said I, I like Codivar but like Liberians were the people I vibed with. So the place Codivar Abidjan was just the right amount of everything. But the people I vibed with the most Liberians their their banga soup is pan butter. Pan butter is, is pan butter. It's pan butter, but their accent pan, pan butter. butter. Oh, pan butter. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> See, Liberian accent is lit. I was at the border, it's and this guy is like, weird. and he's like, where your passport? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> passport. <laughs> where your passport? Um, so they had GB. GB was this cassava meal. It's like it's harder than fufu. Like it's heavier than like. In well, Liberia, how can something you know, be harder than fufu? No, fufu oh is God. not that hard now. Ha! The, I think the first mistake we made was we saw people in Liberia. It's common people don't eat alone in Liberia, right? Okay. Um, like someone buys a meal and it's always almost always shared with someone else. But we were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to die there. That's oh, the, actually, have you? Wait, Quan, have you ever been to like Kenya or anywhere in East Africa? I have not been to East Africa before, but that's. Okay. that's Probably he said that's next. That's <laughs> no, Probably. because like there's this food in Kenya called ugali, and I found it like really, really heavy. Like it was literally like they gave me the size that I would usually eat for a bar, and even still want more, and I could not eat a quarter of it. So I'm wondering if that. That's a great question. It's made from. I'm actually Corn. never sure, to be honest. Let me Google it real quick. <laughs> but it was so East heavy. Africa, East Africa feels like it would be corn or one of these. Yeah, so yeah, it was like. It's like maize flour, so I guess like corn, yeah. Oh, yeah, corn, yeah, maize. Um, so it's so different. West Africa is really big on cassava everywhere. Yeah. Um, then I think my best um, local food was it's how like, um, people in senegal how they do their own what we would normally call suya right so it's a giant fire it's a very giant fire and it just they, they don't they don't like make the meats in um you know the way in nigeria you, you cut the meat you now skew it like it just through like big parts right of meat is giant furnace with spices and like it's just so juicy ah <laughs> Oh my god, it looks like you're going back in time. You're like, wow, <laughs> Dakar is definitely so. Like, if you want, like, once do West Africa, do Accra, do Abidjan. If you if you're feeling adventurous, do um, Morovia, but you must go to Dakar. <laughs> Dakar, See, okay. I, 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 to be honest, like, um, Guinea, nice people that as long as you're not wearing uniform in Guinea, like, the military is as corrupt as Nigeria. Like, the military is more corrupt. I kid you not, the military. In Guinea is more corrupt than the Nigerian military. Wow! Wow! Like, like it was so. It was so bad. It was so bad that we are the checkpoint. We're like we are when we're living in the country. We're like we are journalists. Like ah, that's how they pay you. Pay you. Wow! Like they did not even give a flying fuck. 
they did not care about anything. Like, and I think one of the reasons is because over the years there have been there has been coups in Guinea, so the military is powerful actually. Do you understand? So, like, you just realize that like nothing happens in isolation. Like something always leads to something, and like that's probably why their military is so like emboldened. It's like waiting, not even if you do. Wow. So, so I guess so. Which so your best countries were um, Liberia. Liberia and Cote d'Ivoire. Liberia, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana. Yeah. I love Accra. I love Accra. Accra was a vibe. Good. Yeah. Um, I love Dakar. I love Dakar so much. I really love Dakar. I feel like ah, I love Dakar so much. I'll oh, definitely go back to Dakar. Senegal. I'm googling. Yeah, because like I mean, so Senegal, no, 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 stop. Like I knew, like I knew Dakar was the capital of Senegal, but it was interesting because he was calling other countries by the country names, and then for Dakar, he, he kept saying Dakar. Well, he's like, Ghana, so like cross. See, I was like, okay. I, 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 I'm trying to, I remember the name now, the name of the, it's called Dibiteri. Eh? Dibiteri. Dibiteri. So that's what they call the, bar, the barbecue, yeah, the barbecue thing in. Dibiteri. Um, I can't remember this, I can't remember the spelling. Let me Google it so that if I Google it, I'm sure the spelling will come out. Yeah. So D I D I T. You found it? Yeah, I found it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that looks good. Oh, it really does look juicy. Oh, Amazing. Shit, 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 Better than food. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, no, no, it's different from shit. Matilda, let, let's do West Africa. No, let's, let's do it. Do it. I'm, I'm so down. Africa Lipso takes West Africa. You people... Africa Lipso takes <laughs> Africa, takes West Africa, takes Nigeria. Shall we say you're trying to sponsor women? <laughs> To go through really? Lagos, no, no, no. Lagos, Nigeria. I did not when I, so when I, when I said, plan, when I said, I was like, I was saying that in a person, like it's, it's stuff I'm willing to do pro bono. Like if women oh. decide to do job, I'm willing to help them plan. Oh, okay. Because you, you have experience it? with it. Yeah. yeah. No, Imama, we are doing it. We're actually going to do yeah, it. I are. promise. So you get you should come and do Nigeria first. Do Nigeria first. Oh, definitely. Like I'll do Nigeria yeah. first before I do so, West so Africa. So after Corona, does it stay? Because I heard there's a, there's gonna be a vaccine in January there. About. It's mm, there can't yeah. be a vaccine in January. See, they said in the best possible scenario, they might. But best that's possible. how medicine works. That's how medicine works. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a we'll vaccine. See how it goes. And, and, and clinical trials will begin in January. No, but, the trials already mm, started. Okay, yeah, that's true. Honestly, yeah. last, last. Me, me, I have time. Like, after I'm done my what do you call it my day. masters i'll take time off okay and then we'll now go <laughs> yeah you should oh yeah we we definitely are like you guys should look out we've been saying this thing since but like you know one of these things we we actually yeah. will do it i stand like, <laughs> let's discuss the idea of borders i'm listening like because i i think it's crazy that like they just came they being the whites the whites the caucasian <laughs> just came yeah, of course. And just drew borders where, like, it doesn't really make sense. And, like, the places that actually have more similarities are divided by countries. Like, you know, there's Yoruba people in Benin Republic and stuff like that. Do you see yeah. ever a thing with ECOWAS um, making it any better? Like opening up the borders? Not opening up the borders per se, but I feel like even though ECOWAS exists, there isn't really as much intermingling between the... Like, we still have... Like, the fr- Francophone countries still have allegiances to France, same as the English countries to, like, Britain and stuff like yeah. that. So do you ever see... Yeah. A possibility for a West, like an actual West African Union where like things really, really work as one. 
Yeah, um, that's that's a very good question. That's a very good question because um, there actually is a divide between francophone and anglophone West Africa, yeah. right? So you generally you generally know more about Ghana and Liberia and I Sierra Leone as Ghana in Nigeria. Was next to Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, because it's Frank, because it's anglophone, right? Yeah. So um, the first step to changing that is there has to like people have to, there has to be prosperity. That's the first step, right? In each um, country, people have. Across West Africa, people need to be comfortable enough to be curious. Generally, curiosity is a privilege, it's a luxury right. to an extent, right? Um, what am I looking for in my neighbor's place when I can just sit down in my house and look forward to what to eat? Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean people don't travel, but one of the one of the major reasons that people actually travel is because their lives depend on it, right? There's there's this guy on where I used to live, someone in Sulir. He's from his Tuareg. Tuaregs are in Mali. Yeah. Um, and he moved from Mali to Niger with his family. Then he left his family in Niger and came to Nigeria to come and work. He sells water, works security and all of that. And the interesting thing is that he left because of conflict, right? So a lot of the traveling happening in West Africa, a lot of the migration happening within West Africa is conflict. Yeah. There's also just trade. Do you understand? Um, some people leave Lagos. I met, I met a Yoba woman in um, Biafra, the irony, right? <laughs> And she was she was selling rice and stew. She had tribal marks. Uh, she spoke Yoruba like and like someone in like a proper like from like Jonathan like and she was born in she was born in Abidjan. So there's actually a lot of travel. I think what's happening is just that it's a class problem. So the people that can afford to travel are not traveling within West Africa. They're traveling out of West Africa. And because it's a class thing, um, it's only people that can afford to travel, people in the social classes that can afford to travel, they travel conspicuously, aka Instagram, right? And Screaming. because they are living, <laughs> do you understand? And because they are not traveling locally, right? People are not seeing West Africa, do you understand? So I know, I know, more, I know more places to visit in Kenya than in West Africa, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Like before I travel that I'm saying. So it's like it's like there needs to be some deliberate efforts, but I think it can be done. I can I I can assure you that across West Africa, the vibe is Nigeria needs to get their shit together. <laughs> That's the vibe. Uh, oh so you, okay, yeah. so you think like once Nigeria gets their shit together, like the whole of West Africa will kinda get their shit together? It's to get better. It's to get better. I'll explain. We're like um, the UK of the European Union. <laughs> To a large extent, and there, there is actually data to back this up. Yeah. There are more people in Nigeria alone than in the entire West Africa combined, the rest of West Africa combined, right? Now, people always say Nigeria's population is inflated. Minus 50 million, we are still more than the rest of West Africa combined. Mad. Right? Wow. There are more, company, there are more companies in Nigeria um, generating over $500 million in revenue than the rest of West Africa combined. Do you understand? And you realize that EcoBank was founded in Lume, that's Togo. But their biggest market is Nigeria. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know they were founded in Togo. So my people are moving. Ah, they're founded in Togo. Like they're big across West Africa everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um so like you travel to you travel everywhere and Nigeria is the aspiration. It it is the West African aspiration. The only country that feels to be cut loose from that in a sense from Nigeria's shadow completely, or what to a large extent is Senegal. Senegal oh. is playing in a, yeah, it's, they're playing a completely different league. Um, so what league is that? Everybody else is, 
And so it's because Senegal is the is the French people's destination for vacationing. So Senegal, like Senegal, feels completely different from the west of West Africa. Like the architecture um, and and all of that, basically. Yeah, I um, knew a woman Senegal. from Senegal. She used to make fun of us because I used to tell her that we don't have lights in Nigeria. She said there's yeah. lights everywhere. I said God. Yeah, to be honest, I kid you not. Like everywhere we went, whenever we tried to make a case that Nigerian job is better, they're like, yeah, but we have lights. Oof. Like Why? someone actually, someone in someone in Kotonou actually said that. When he was like, yeah, our light is, we're having light issues. We, we lose power a few hours every week. <laughs> and all of, all, Must be nice. All the, Nigerians, all the Nigerians, they were like, eh? Really and then he's like, oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know your country. Techno said, nep, I don't bring light. Eh? Nep, I don't bring that generator. Don't spoil my hand. Which now brings me to the next part. Across <laughs> the stuff that all anybody listens to is Nigerian music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, We're global now. You're in the, you're in the middle of nowhere. You are in the, the Akiri you are in the middle of nowhere. And you meet a guy and he says, You're Nigerian. He's like, I like Adikulu Gold. And he plays your Adikulu Gold song. Aww, I love to see it. I kid you not. Like, I really feel day. like our entertainment industry is kind of like, it's really what puts us across the map in a lot of African countries. Yes. Um, in, in, so it's, it's, it's almost hectic. Like everywhere else, in most other places, it's hard to find local music if you're not looking because it's Nigerian music everybody's playing. I was in a market in Kotonou and this boy that doesn't know anything that Nairamali was saying was dancing Josopi. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm stressed. Stress. Like it's, it's super wild. It's super wild. Um, so Just yeah. Just Malian. Free him. <laughs> I kid you not. Like Malians. Um, so yeah. Um, the, the dominant culture in West Africa is the Nigerian culture. Yeah. Everywhere. Except mm. to a large extent, maybe like Senegal. Um, Senegal. Yeah. But everywhere else. Everybody else that is, that is inside Nigeria's shadow is forming stronger than trying to run out of Nigeria's shadow. Example, Ghana. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see so, what they're doing, though. Yeah. I, think, yeah, it's, I so. think it's actually generally, even in Africa, like, I think Nigeria still, like, tries to carry Africa on their head, like... I don't know how to explain it, but like, for instance, I listen to this Kenyan music podcast and every single time yeah. they talk about how like growing up, all they listen to was Nigerian music. And it's just kind of now that their music industry is starting to do its own thing. They're having to yeah. have festivals yeah. where it's only local artists and stuff like that. So I feel like yeah. to a large extent, if Nigeria can get their shit together, a lot of other places would be better because we're the largest black nation in the yes. world. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Like Nigerian, like, ah, oh, fuck. I know. You know what's not interesting? <laughs> you know, like, the problem is when you start talking about Nigeria, my current record is 15 minutes, you will snap, you will get pissed off. Yeah, get, no, it actually gives you a headache. Like, it just gives you a headache. So, what's, what the interesting thing that is not happening is that all the things that Nigeria was remotely promising for, everybody else is now taking tiny bits of it and trying to get better at it. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, Ghana is trying to get better at tourism. Um, um, yeah. When you think about the fact that a lot of like the like the black consciousness in America in the sixties and seventies almost always ended up in Lagos and Ibadan, yeah. right? That was Malcolm X was in Lagos. Do you understand? Malcolm X came to Lagos to went to Ibadan. In fact, they gave him a name Adewale, right? <laughs> um, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name. I feel often, I feel bad for forgetting her name. What is uh, she? My, uh, um, she sings. Oh. My skin is black. I I still listen to her music this morning. Nice. 
nice is black. The M that um, Jesus <laughs> Jesus sampled her. Nina Simone, yes, Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Oh, Nina Simone. Okay, okay, okay. I love Nina Simone her. Was in she she came to Lagos. Oh. Right. She was in Lagos in the sixties, seventies. Look at her. Do you understand? Like, Anyways, Paul McCartney Car- was in... came to Lagos too. <laughs> right. Matthew, I put those chairs, we are big. So, so it's like, it's like, um, so Ghana is trying to take all of that cultural relevance from West, in West Africa yeah, and they're trying true. to like own it. Do you understand? Yeah. Sierra Leone is working hard to fix their own tourism, like biodiversity. The most biodiversity in West Africa is in Nigeria. Do you understand? And there's a very interesting history around it. The, the history is, it also explains why Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa, right? Um, because of across what? River Niger. Mm-hmm. River Niger, actually. Okay. So, historically, people settled around rivers, right? But people also settled at the base of the rivers, basically, such that all year round there's always water, right? So, in Mali, and Guinea, where River Niger is, I think River Niger, the source of River Niger is in Futajalon in Guinea. And it flows in, into Mali, right? In all these places, the River Niger during the dry season becomes too low for um, transport. You can't find a lot of fish, that kind of stuff. But in Nigeria, because what it flows into Nigeria, yeah. right? Like there is always plenty, like there's always water. So naturally, people migrated towards what is now Nigeria, right? And it's very interesting when you think about the fact that there are more ethnic groups in Nigeria than in any other African country. Yeah. Right? Taraba alone has 50 ethnic groups. And when you think of it, Taraba is, um, I think, Benue is beside, Benue flows through Taraba, I think. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, so naturally... It definitely has something to do with the rivers. Yes, the rivers, more than anything. Dig it. Um, That's so cool. I never thought of that. Yeah, Same, honestly. <laughs> there are some, there are some of things that. I have learned on this call. Seriously? Lord knows. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that's that's what it was for me to learn these things, I guess. Yeah. So, Let's, so yeah. Also, I'm wondering if it's even possible because, you know, we've talked about, you know, the amazing food that you people had, all the places you stayed. Please, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk the dollars. <laughs> the, money. the money. The money is that it took. Like, can someone do this trip without sponsorship? First of all, not like exactly the trip you guys did, but like, I mean, yeah. can someone go around West Africa without and um, without being Billy Gates? Billy Gates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so, obviously, like let's say somebody like like middle upper middle class. Us. Yeah. Us. See, like, so, here's, can here, we do this trip? here's the interesting thing. Yeah. Yes, you can. The interesting thing is that um, coincidentally. We ran into people that were traveling in um, Senegal. It is the most hilarious story ever. So first of all, I found out this baby was traveling on Twitter. So I DM'd her and asked for her WhatsApp number, right? And we're like, oh, you want to come to Senegal? Oh, holla. And next thing, I just checked my... We're coming from... We're on our way to Dakar for the first time. When we're coming from Gambia. We branched at Kaolak on our way to Dakar. And then I just get a WhatsApp message saying, your boss just passed me. I'm like, eh? And she's like, we're shouting Jollof Road, Jollof Road, you do not answer. So we now have to park, and their, their car came, joined us, and we're like, ah! in the middle of the road, yeah. right? We're meeting each other for the first time. And they were self-funded, right? Um, they traveled um, via public transport. There are public transport companies that can, that can help you connect West Africa. 
Oh. Um, the only country. Yes. The only country, the most difficult country in West Africa to Let access by road. Let me guess, Guinea-Bissau. It's actually not Guinea-Bissau. It's actually Liberia. Oh. Oh. So, Lib- yes. Liberia is mud country. Like, Liberia is mud. Liberia is, 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 is so much mud that I saw a poster in Ganta. Ganta is one of the, one of the big towns in Liberia. And the poster was um, voting the dry season. That was what they were campaigning for. Voting the dry I'm season. actually screaming. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so, because during the rainy season, some parts of Liberia are completely cut off from the capital. Wow. Because they're inaccessible. Like in Liberia, you know those UN SUVs? Mm-hmm. Old, um, yes, that's what, that's what most people drive in Liberia. We got stuck like twice trying to get to Morovia. Wow. Like, actually, speaking of see, seasons, actually, no, sorry, go ahead. Finish yeah. your train of thoughts. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's also, it's also wild that we, from Cote d'Ivoire to, we went to the Liberian border to Cote d'Ivoire, right? And we had already stamped and crossed and they were like, wait, if we're going to Moriba, they're like, hey, hey, let's show us some video of a trailer stock in the middle of the road. Bro. So we turned back, went into Cote d'Ivoire. The next day, we now went through Guinea. So we, we passed through Guinea, entered Guinea, stamped into Guinea, stamped out of Guinea, then entered Liberia. And even the road to Liberia was like a tiny pass. Do you understand? So, wow. war really sucks. War really sucks. Liberia has been at war for 14 years. Of their yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask, because <laughs> I know that, I know you were saying that you like Liberia, and I was like, aren't they like at war? Or like, Fun. weren't they? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Liberia has been as worse since 2003. So, but like, aren't they but, like, still like war torn kind of? To be honest, I'd be saying I'd be I'd be I'd be forming black power if I said they were in war torn. Um, Liberia is actually backward because of the war, right? Um, in fact, to to Liberia, the largest employer of one of the largest employers of labor in Liberia, minus government, is. NGOs, development organizations, UN. Oh wow! Um, Jonathan, that's like that's mm. how. And, and when, if you live in a country where the most aspirational jobs are development, it's NGO. There's a living, problem. There's a problem. There's a serious problem. It got so bad that so there were there's a lot of interesting politics around that. Salif Johnson became the first female president, right? And it was it was an important moment for democracy globally. So what I did was it pumped in a lot of dollars in favor of Liberia, right? It works for Liberia. There were a lot of organizations. There were now the problem with there's a myth of the of the icebreaker. Or I don't know the word for it or the phrase for it, but there's a myth of the first to do something that makes people assume that it's the same for everybody else. That's a lie. It's like Obama is president of America. It doesn't make any difference for black people. It doesn't make much of a difference except new aspirations. Um, so yeah. And when, so it's so serious that ATMs in Liberia, they vomit USD. Wow. Yes. They, they vomit USD. And there is a class system such that you can interact with Liberia to a level that you might never have to interact with Liberian dollars. Because Liberian dollars are for the daily street purchases. USD is for rents, for buying a car. Bro. Do <laughs> you understand? So even there's a class system even in the money. Yeah. So Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, Liberia is pretty, pretty interesting when you think about it. Like about the American Liberians, 
Um, oh yeah, I, like, I really that's something that I really really would like to explore further. Like if I ever get a chance to travel there, because I'm wondering if should. there's a clear distinction between the American. There is it. There's there a is a really, clear distinction. Okay. Let me, let me let me let me far back though. Like haven't they intermingled? Uh, but that's how class works. People don't intermingle. Like. In, in in class, like the the bougie don't want to inter- intermingle with the um ratchets or raz. Do you understand? The only way they want <laughs> classy the, bougie ratchets. <laughs> do you understand? The the only way they want to interact is when they've gentrified it to a large extent, right? Yeah. So Jennifer was a good entry point for everybody to have. Jennifer and Paul were good entry points for everybody to have. Those weird Yoba accents. Right? Actually, that's true. No, that's true. Actually, hmm. do you understand? They were good entry points when you think about it. Like, um, um, Naramali was immediately. You said Jennifer. I knew you were talking about like Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes, <laughs> of course, man. Her name. That's cultural. <laughs> yeah. So in Liberia, when when um people came back, free slaves, they came back to Liberia. They founded this new country. But the interesting thing they did was that they just basically copied and pasted America's constitution, right? Um, Tweaked a few things. And then um, they they created a separate, I can't remember the name of it, I think Providence Island or something, I can't remember. Providence Island is Liberia. And it's South Africa. Or is it Liberia? I can't remember. But there's a separate place where they now settled, right? And they started to build what is now Liberia, right? And while they were building that, they discriminated against the actual Liberians. Yeah. The new the real tribes people. Yes. So it was learned behavior from America that they came and, and they transferred into executed. Yeah. Exactly. So so um Samuel Do now staged a coup executed a lot of American Liberians. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and it's like so he, he wrote up the politics of being a tribal Liberian. Uh-huh. Right? But keep in mind that American Liberians already had an economic head start. Yeah. So they still had money. They still had some power, right? Now, when Do became highly nepotism, his nepotism became too much, and there was an unrest. Yeah. And next thing, um, the person that was becoming popular happened to be a an American Liberian whose name is Charles Taylor, and Charles Taylor became he eventually became president of Liberia. And the interesting thing is that Sally Johnson is also American Liberian, and that's kind of how George Weah won. Because Jobjo is like a proper Liberian. Yeah. Do you understand? So, like, the class system actually exists. It's so it's so powerful that you know how people in Nigeria, you leave the village, you come and live with someone in the city, right? In Liberia, people voluntarily drop their names, their tribal names, to pick up American Liberian names. Oh, wow. Do you understand? Because it gives you leverage. It's leverage. Like, what, what good is a name that can't give, help you succeed? What are you being proud of? What, what's the, where's the pride? The power behind the name for real. Exactly. Exactly. A, like, a Gates will always be a powerful name in America. A Rockefeller will always be a powerful name in America. Do you understand? Mm. So, like, it is really deep. It's really, really deep. Um, and I think, it, so, it, like I said, just like with the Nigeria trip, what we did was, we, we, we stood at maybe long line in the buffet and we tasted and tasted and took one spoon of each, one spoon of each. But like the full meal, like it's going to be a lifetime of just curiosity and trying to get, 
like for me now, it's, it's not difficult to approach the culture. I'm not approaching it as an absolute stranger. I'm approaching it with some context. Mm. Language, currency, a rough sense of politics. Unlike someone that will now approach it as if with fresh eyes. Yeah. You understand? If I have, if I have questions, I know who to call in, um, say Guinea, for example. Right. If I have questions, he I know who to call in Dakar. He has connects. He has connects all around the world. <laughs> yeah. You, so we are ridiculous. I don't know who is more ridiculous. <laughs> I'm actually going to this place. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, actually, I have a quick question. Um, did the weather really differ across West Africa? I feel like this is more of like a geography question as opposed. But like, I'm just wondering because of like how muddy it got in Liberia. Like, I don't know if it's just like their road situation or if the like weather proper differed across like West Africa. So while we're traveling, while we're traveling, it was raining. Mm -hmm. And because they have no good roads, um, easily they were heavily hit. Also, Liberia um, just has a lot of um, clay deposits, a lot. Like, I think the only other place that I've seen it in my life is in the east. Oh, yeah. Like, um, eastern Nigeria. Eastern Nigeria? Right. Oh, I know that one, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, so naturally, what, what you would expect is that um, there's a company in Liberia that they just mine for iron, like iron ore. Do you understand? Because clearly, like, clay points to one thing. Clay is clay because of iron ions. But the interesting thing is that when you leave Lagos, when you exit Nigeria, if you drive from Bene on the highway from Bene to Abidjan, you like there's no pothole. Eh? So that's the oh best. wow. Yeah. So once you leave Nigeria from Bene, from Bene the Bene side. The important thing if you is drive, once you leave Nigeria. <laughs> yes. Very very important. Yes. <laughs> there is no pothole from Bene till you get to Abidjan. In fact, after Abidjan, you you don't see potholes until you get to Yamusukro, right? And after Yamusukuro is when things start to get to... Where's Yamusukuro? Yamusukuro is... So, Yamusukuro is the actual capital of Cote d'Ivoire. But everybody thinks it's Abidjan because Abidjan is popular. Honestly, I thought it was Abidjan. The capital? Like, officially? Yeah. Abidjan is just just the metropolitan capital. But the actual... Oh, it's like the Lagos. Yes, the capital of government is um, Yamusukuro. Yamusukuro. Yes. Hey, mama, you kill me when you try to <laughs> <laughs> Please let me expand my dialect. <laughs> so, so along the stretch from from Benin, from Kotonou to Dakar, I think the AFDB is working on building a super highway across these countries to connect Lagos and Dakar. Ooh, that sounds fun. I want that. Yes, yeah. it's a, it, it feels like a decade long project, but along the road we saw construction work happening and you know the signs that they put beside construction of the contractors and everything was AFDB, AFDB, AFDB. So it's like they're trying to connect the entire region. That would be super incredible when that happens. So that thing that you're saying about whether it's possible for West Africa to be more united and everything, that highway is going to play a major role in making that happen. Assuming that it gets completed, we know our people. I mean, I mean, work is ongoing. But the good thing is that um, Let me tell you unruly. what else is ongoing. Patakot Airport. <laughs> no, yeah, so, 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 so the best part is that the best part about it is that the most unruly people in West Africa are Nigerians. Yeah. Do you understand? So work is going on everywhere else. That's why I said after Nigeria because the Nigeria part of the highway is supposed to be part of the project. It would be so funny. Every other part to be completed. You now see Nigeria. <laughs> you have to go from Nigeria to Ghana to get to the highway. <laughs> Yeah, I can't rule it out to be honest because we are see we did fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> so stressful. What up. a country. Yeah, it's it's so hectic. 
And the problem is that the, the region's placenta is tied to us. Like all the businesses outside, most of many of the businesses is not, like you know what's wild is that do you know that I found out from at a checkpoint in Senegal. In Sen- Senegal has the best roads I've ever seen in my life. Like, like they have the it looks like Senegal is a destination, oh. Yeah. Yes, it is a destination. Like we travel for three hundred kilometers, eh? And there was no pothole. I've never experienced it in my life. <laughs> as in Nigeria. Nigeria has really spoiled this for you. <laughs> like, I've never experienced it in my life. Do you understand? Like, like when we now one checkpoint they stopped us, um, and they were asking us that. Wow, like we were just saying, like, God, we're, anyway, we were gushing about it. It was like, God, your road, this is, and they're like, ah, but people to have good road in your country, and I said, this is Dangote that beats this one. I say, hey. Wow. So, apparently, there's Dangote cement in Senegal, right? And as an, as an interesting incentive, like, you can volunteer to build roads. Um, all those, you do all those small, small things you do. The smaller versions in Lagos is, Zenith Bank volunteering to design to beautify a particular part of town. Do you understand? <laughs> it helps. It helps them with taxes. Do you understand? That's what it is. I've always wondered why all these banks are so invested in like the community. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tax. It's tax. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's adding up. Mm, the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you could pick a country, like I know you've listed like your night, like the countries you like and everything, but if you could pick one country to live in, like aspire reside in, ah, yeah. Dakar. Dakar. Wow. Say <laughs> don't complete your sentence. <laughs> after after Dakar is Dakar. Oh, okay. Because, okay. See, have you have you li- have you listened to you know this song uh, with the vibe? With the vibe. With the vibe. The R to B song. R to B is like Ghana is that song. Accra is that song. It's like with the vibe. With the vibe. Let me go and listen to it. I'm I'm actually looking for it now, Seth. I'm going to play it in the background of this. For like five seconds, <laughs> copyright. Copyright. No be rush, if you got it, you the do what you like. Where the girls, know the mind, we the vibe, 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 we'll be the vibe, we the vibe, we'll be the vibe, we the vibe, we'll be the vibe. So yeah. So Ghana is um yeah. So Ghana is those for R2Bs with the vibe. I found it. I shall listen to it after. Correct, I'm very correct, intrigued. I've been there once, correct. but like I was really young. Same. I've been there, Ghana. yeah, twice, Ghana and I was so young chill. both times. Ghanaians are so chill, God. Oh, they mercy. are. Like, no, even when I interact with them now, they're literally yeah, like Nigerian the ones in Canada. So yeah, chill. like they're all, chilled all version for real. Oh, <laughs> I swear, all West Africans that are not Nigerians are so, like. Do you know when we entered, we left Nigeria on a Sunday. We entered, we we saw Kotonu. Our first time Kotonu was on a Monday, and Lagos Sunday was more agile, eh, than Kotonu Monday. <laughs> like, why are we like this? Why are we like it this? It just feels, it, <laughs> ju- it just feels like every 
everything you know, let's say everywhere they draw everybody <laughs> Oh my god, I feel like the same thing is I wonder oh my I, now I'm actually really excited for you guys to do East Africa. I don't know if you guys are going to do it, but like no, if you guys are. do it, but like it would be so cool ah. For what next year? For what next? They'll do East Africa. <laughs> Cause it'll be so cool to like kind of contrast. Just because like I know when I went to Kenya, like they were so like bro, they were so not slow, but like everything was like such a drag. And like I wonder Every if year. Like it's the same thing. Everywhere as that is not West Africa, and it's it's a it's a it's a Lagos thing because Nigerians are not like that everywhere in Nigeria. That's true, right? Um, it's actually a Lagos thing because in Ilori, for example, you will stop a bus. Eh? The bus will stop. You walk up to the bus. You look inside the bus and say you don't like the bus, and the bus will keep going. In Lagos, <laughs> you run to the bus. The bus will not stop for you. You will try to sit down, the driver will drive off. You will jam your head on. <laughs> Do you understand? So, it, I think it's just really a Lagos thing. I mean, yeah. there are other cities in, across Nigeria that Potakot is a madness. Like, yeah. Potakot, see, Lagos might be mad, but Potakot is gangster. Potakot is the Let's first time in my people. life. No, it's just, it's gangster, I can agree. Is it, they see, said they were throwing the, people acid. What? See, is it Potakot? See, is it Potakot at first? Heard about a drive-by shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I'm not interested. It's very insecure. Like, it's not... For God of mercy. It's, it's not... Safe. Actually, you have no business in Portacourt. You have no business there at all. So I guess what we're doing our around Nigeria, but I'm not going to Portacourt. No, we're going to Portacourt. <laughs> I yeah, mean, you have, you have to live in Portacourt. It's not like... You just know so, where to go. They said there's drive-by shooting. Actually. They, am I there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I lived there for a year, so... Exactly. It's bad, but you just have to understand your movement. Because you have to go with somebody that's actually from there. So, aka me. Actually. That's it. Yeah. And, like, if you could do this again, it's just rounding up this, like, reflection, you know, what would you do different? And, like, just advice Uh for maybe people that would want to do this trip. If I was doing it alone, I would probably... I'll probably go with public transport. (laughs) Now, this is ridiculous. Because it is more, it is more difficult, right? Um, but traveling, how people travel, is when you can actually, is how you can actually feel the pulse of like the place. And my favorite example of this is in the northeast. We're traveling through Damboa Road in July 2017. For context, when we're traveling, just a month prior. Boko Haram attacked the convoy, um, kidnapped some female police officers. Like when you're traveling along, when you're traveling along Gamboa Road, car, like vehicles don't travel by themselves, right? There is, there are military trucks and everybody just follows them in the convoy. You know how when the mother hen is moving and all the chicks are trying to run under her? <laughs> that's, that's literally how vehicles move on Gamboa Road. Mama, A person's that's what said that we should travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we can do I mean, it. Fabulous <laughs> guide. So, so like Dambwa is literally cutting through Sambisa. Do you understand? Yeah. Um and like my anxiety levels were insane. The tension was peak. Like someone's car broke down. You know how in F1 how they rush out to change tire and all those things? <laughs> yes. That was the speed. They used to come out of their vehicles. 
nobody stopped to help them. Like ten, like twenty minutes later, they just sped up and joined us. And all the best, everybody was like, "Hey, hey, hey congrats! Like, congrats, you made it!" Because wow. Boko Haram. I know the wildest thing. There were two women in the cab I was in. These women did not even flinch. Maybe they've been on that road plenty times. Exactly. So now my tension, if I if I was in my vehicle, I would have assumed that everybody was as tense as I am. But we were just the only ones that were tense because we were experiencing it for the first time. Jigget. So it, you realize that um, buses, hotels, they are like they are like caskets in the sense that they shut <laughs> out all so the light. So scary. <laughs> they 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 are convenient. They are safe. Right, you keep a body in a casket because you want it to be safe, right? But it kind of shuts out all the life outside. Do you understand? And mm-hmm. and like you like you don't like the life outside doesn't it doesn't permit it doesn't touch you properly, right? One of my most um, my favorite experiences was in Abidjan, and what happened was they were going to interview some people, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be afraid today, so I went alone. I literally went around asking, I'm looking for evil people, right? Like it's so ridiculous. I, I can't, first of all, I can't even speak French, and I'm going to ask for Igbo people, not, not Nigerians, Igbo people. Ibo so when people. I first tried Igbo people, Igbo people no, was not working, and I started saying Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. So they now directed me to someone who knew a Nigerian, and I told him to direct, so I'm, I'm looking for an Igbo person because I'm a journalist, and then the Igbo person was not around, right? And it, I went to one pharmacy, and the pharmacy is like, oh yeah, there's a Yoba person that sells food somewhere, so I went to see the Yoba person. You get that kind of stuff. But like, mm. in, like, I, I, I interacted with more people than I would have done if we were moving with the boss. Do you understand? Because this is just me. I look like one of them. Do you understand? Oh, yeah. You're and, able to and, blend and, in more. Yeah. And the thing about blending is that it only lasts for a little while. Like, it's not hard to identify a stranger. So they even make the extra effort to blend in. Don't, don't try to buy dashiki to blend in. <laughs> <laughs> to the white people listening. So and don't 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 try to blend in. Like people will just know. And the truth is that more often than not, when you're a foreigner, like I said, it's probably because I'm a guy. But when you're a foreigner, people the assumption is that they will help you. Yes, I'm gonna run now. I had such a good conversation. Yeah, this was yeah, so grateful. Too. I thank you so much thank for coming you so on. Much for all the thank you too for having me as well. Yo, yeah, thank this was so me. good. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming on to ride. And we hope to Thanks hear from me. you and see this book at the end of the year. <laughs> I didn't say you see a book. I see you see a draft. <laughs> Don't remix his words, Matuda. <laughs> I apologize. Yes. And, um, yeah, draft. we're going to drop an episode next week with Fuad's life lessons. So look out for that. Very important. Very, very important. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, but... All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.